Okay, let us continue. So, I ended last session by mentioning that the Bible talks about different kinds of tongues. And this is very important to understand because this is one of the reasons when it comes to some of the confusion when people teach about uh, the gift of tongues is because uh, they take the gift of tongues in the sense of being able to speak different languages like we see in Acts chapter 2 and they confuse that with the gift of tongues that Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 14. And it's very clear if you just look more than just on the surface, if you try to, to read carefully, it is very clear that the gift of tongues that Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 14 is a different kind of tongue than what we see in Acts chapter 2 or probably also in Acts chapter 10. Uh, these are two different kinds of tongues. And how, why do I say that? Because in 1 Corinthians uh, 14, Paul says in the beginning that when somebody speaks in a tongue, no one understands him. Only God understands him. Well, in Acts chapter 2, there were people who understand what they were saying. So that was obviously not the same kind of tongue that Paul was talking about. Also, it's kind of interesting because if we don't separate these things, it might almost see like, seem like Paul is confused. Because in 1 Corinthians 4.22, he says that the, the tongues is a sign for the unbeliever. Okay, so he says first in 1 Corinthians 14.22 that it's a sign for the unbeliever. But then in the very next verse, he says that if an unbeliever com comes in and he hears everybody speaks in tongues, he will think that they're out of their mind. So, so what is Paul saying here? Is it a sign for the unbeliever or is it not a sign for the unbeliever? In Acts chapter 2, they were speaking in tongues, and it was clearly a sign for the unbeliever. But there, many people were speaking at the same time, so I don't think he was kind of referring to that one has to do it at a time. But still, it might seem confusing because at one point he says that it's a sign for the unbeliever, and in the very next verse he's kind of saying that the unbelievers would think we are out of their mind. In 1 Corinthians 14, 19, he says that when he comes to them, he would rather speak five words with the understanding than 10,000 words in tongue. Yet, when, in verse 26, and you can see these verses in your notes, he says that when somebody comes together, he says that each one of you has a psalm, each a teaching, uh, one has a tongue. So, at the same time, he's saying that when I come, I would rather speak five words with understanding. He, at the same time, says that when you come together, tongues is supposed to be a part of the gathering. So is he confused or is he just talking about different kinds uh, of tongues? 
And as I already have mentioned in verse 5, he, he, he says that he wished that everybody spoke in tongues. And in verse 39, he says, don't hinder anyone from speaking in tongues. And if you pick out verses, just take them out of a context, you can get Paul to say both that they should speak in tongues and they shouldn't speak in tongues. If you just take out separate verses and pull them out of their context. And that's very often what people do when they try to argue against speaking in tongues, is that they would take out several verses and they will take them out of context. And if you just hear that, that separate verse, you might think, oh, okay, maybe there is something to this. But if you read the whole context, it is very clear that the Bible does not discourage us from speaking in tongues. On the contrary, it strongly encourages us to do it and to do it probably more than we do. The Bible talks about tongues of angels in 1 Corinthians 13.1. So that's obviously one tongue that the Bible talks about. It talks about uh, tongues that only God understands. That's 1 Corinthians 14.2. And it talks also about different tongues uh, as different languages. That's what we see in Acts chapter 2 happening. Then they were speaking different kinds of languages. And I, I have heard many stories of people who experienced this. Uh, even my father, uh, when he was a missionary in Africa, they were praying for some people who get baptized in the Holy Spirit. And they started to speak in tongues, but they were not sure if what they were saying, if it really was tongues, because it sounded strange to them. And so, so uh, they asked them, well, what words did you get? And the words that they got was in Norwegian, it was, thank you, God. But to them, that in Norwegian sounded crazy, it sounded strange. But of course, when uh, my father and those who were with him heard it, they understood very clearly, no, this is the Holy Spirit. Just continue. And there has been many, I know a friend of mine, he was praying for a little boy uh, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. And suddenly this little boy starts to speak fluently English, praising God in fluent English. So my friend, he thought, ah, okay, this boy is probably, he has American parents or something because this was in Norway. So he thought, ah, okay, maybe he is like half American, half Norwegian or something like that. So after the meeting, uh, he goes to the boy and he says, wow, you're really good at speaking English. And the boys go, I, I don't speak English. I haven't learned to speak English. But, and then the preacher, he said, you're just speaking English fluently. And the boy said to him, I just did what you said. I just started to speak the things that came to me. And it became a very clear sign that, you know, what this boy experienced was the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And this has happened uh, many times that I know of and also that I have read about in history, how people start to speak different languages. But at the same time, we need to understand that the gift that Paul is talking about in 1 Corinthians 14 is obviously not this kind of gift because he specifically says that when you use this gift 
No one will understand what you are saying. If I'm speaking Chinese, Chinese people will understand what I'm saying. If I am speaking uh, Polish, it would be wonderful if I suddenly can get Polish as a language. That would be, I would greatly appreciate that. But then Polish people would be able to understand what I'm saying. But there is a tongue that Paul specifically says, no one understands them except God. And he says that we speak mystery with God. And we will look at that a little later, uh, that that's actually a really amazing tool when it comes to, uh, to prayer. So there is a spiritual gift of tongues that is different languages, and there is a tongues as a private uh, prayer language. The tongues that we see in Acts chapter 2 is this kind of uh, different language, uh, tongues as a different language. And we see that's this because in Acts 2 verse 6, uh, it says, when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. This is what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 14.22. We can read that also. 1 Corinthians 14.22. He says, therefore tongues are a sign not for those who believe, but to unbelievers. But prophesying is not for the unbelievers, but for those who believe. So what happened in Acts, in Acts chapter 2 is that they were speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And the people that was gathered, they, all of them could understand what they were saying. I've heard somebody point out, and it's, it's kind of interesting, uh, that when you have a group of 120 people and they start to speak, it is very hard to distinguish what each one of them is saying. But still, when we read Acts 2, here we see that it was a big noise. Everyone was speaking. There was a rushing wind. And yet, all those who came to, to see what was happening, they could clearly hear them talking about the wonders of God in their own language. Which kind of leads me to at least speculate that maybe the miracle happened in their ears and not necessarily in what they were saying. Maybe they were just praising God in tongues, uh, but maybe the miracles that happened was actually that every one of them was able to hear what was being said in their own language. I don't want to put any emphasis on that, but I think it's worth noticing that, that there is a possibility that when they were speaking in tongues, it was not necessarily that they were actually speaking uh, the different dialects or the dif different languages that was present, but that God did a miracle that people understood what was being say said. Because when you read on in Acts, you never see that any indication that the apostle kept this gift of speaking other languages. So when they traveled abroad, then automatically they knew 
at uh, Urdu, uh, I think it was the Apostle Thomas who went to India. We don't read any account that he automatically knew their languages uh, just because he had, been, had the gift of speaking in tongues. This is thing that people have been saying afterwards, but it's not something that you can specifically uh, say from the Word of God. So what is, the pur- what is the purpose of speaking in tongues? And I want to, to uh, end with this. What, what is the uh, purpose of this uh, tongues as a uh, personal prayer language? Uh, first of all, we read that when we speak in tongues as a personal prayer language, it is the Holy Spirit speaking to us our mind doesn't understand what we are saying. And that's very important because I know many people, uh, when they have been seeking the gift of speaking in tongues, they, they think that they will be able to understand it and they never fully uh, get released into speaking in tongues because they keep waiting for them to understand these words. That is not what Paul is saying. In 1 Corinthians 4, 14-2, Paul is saying, for he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but to God. For no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mystery. So Paul is saying that nobody understands him. And in verse 14, 1 Corinthians 14, 14, he says that if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. So Paul makes a point of them understanding that the gift of tongues that he is speaking about now is not the same gift that occurred in Acts chapter 2, but it's a kind of tongues where nobody will understand it but God. And that's, as we will look at, is a powerful powerful uh, tool. What is the purpose of it? Uh, As we saw earlier, speaking in tongues is not the the main purpose of the baptism and the Holy Spirit, but it serves a very important purpose. And we read that in 1 Corinthians 14, 19. Uh, No, we read that in 1 Corinthians 14, 4. 1 Corinthians 14.4, he says, He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. So the tongue is for my edification. Prophecy is for the edification of the church. Uh, It's also mentioned in the letter of Jude, uh, Jude 1.20. It says, But you, beloved, building yourself up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So we see that that the Bible says that praying in the Holy Spirit is a way that God has given us to that we would be built up and that we would be strengthened in our faith. when we look at Europe today, when we, we, when, when we look at the world today, the world is in a desperate need for an encounter with God. 
But you know, it's not my mental capacity that will convince the world that God is real. I need spiritual power to make people see, to make people encounter God. We long for God to do more mighty miracles in our churches. Well, I will not see more miracles by getting intellectually stronger, but I will see more miracles if I get spiritually stronger. We need to see that what the church needs today is first of all, it is spiritual power. And in order to get spiritually strong, God has given us a key to do that. But yet in many churches, we kind of shove the gift of speaking in tongues out into the away. We, we rather not people do that in the church because it sounds foolish, it looks crazy. And then we forget that that's typical God, to put something powerful into a package that offends the human mind. I've heard, I think it's Bill Johnson, who says that God will very often offend your mind to reveal what's in your heart. God will very often offend your intellect for, in order to reveal what's really in your heart. What we need today, we need spiritual power. And if we want to be effective witnesses for him, it's not a matter of intellect, but it's about getting this Holy Spirit empowerment. Demons don't obey us because we are smart. Demons obey us because we are spiritually strong, so that when we say out in the name of Jesus, they leave. Not because how smart I am, but because of my spiritual strength. Sickness leaves, not because of my mental strength, because of my spiritual strength. My walk with God is not a matter of how smart I am intellectually, but it's a matter of my spiritual strength. And I think the church needs to wake up to see its need for spiritual strength more than its need for better organization, better uh, light, sound, whatever you might say. All those things are good and okay, but what we really need, we need the power of the Holy Spirit to be present in our midst, in our lives, and God has given us a key for us to see this happen, and that key is the gift of speaking in tongues. That's why we need to use it more than ever. We need to use this gift if we want to see our release of the Holy Spirit. Um, we will take a little break and then we will have one more session uh, to kind of wrap up uh, what we have been talking about. Mm -hmm. 